make sure you're solving a problem because the last thing we need are more e-commerce businesses, you know, selling things that nobody needs. Welcome to Honest E-Commerce, where we're dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I believe running an online business does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. If you're struggling with scaling your sales, Electric Eye is here to help. To apply to work with us, visit electriceye.io slash connect to learn more. Now let's get on with the show. Do you want to deliver marketing moments that last a lifetime? Klaviyo is the ultimate marketing platform for e-commerce. With targeted segmentation, email automation, SMS marketing, and more, Klaviyo helps you create your ideal customer experience. See why Klaviyo is trusted by more than 50,000 brands like Living Proof, Solo Stove, and Huckberry. Keep your customers coming back. Get a free trial at klaviyo.com slash honest. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, we're welcoming to the show an amazing merchant. Uh, She's going to share her journey of how she grew her business to over $1 million in revenue without paid ads or email marketing. Today, we're welcoming to the show the founder and CEO of Kinky Curly Yaki, a business empowerment coach, a Shopify expert, and an all-around dope lady, Vivian Kay. Welcome to the show. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for having me. <laughs> uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I got excited about that intro beforehand. And she- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if I don't describe myself as an all around dope lady, who will? Who will? You know what? Yeah. It's, if, when, when someone asks you to g- just give a bio, I'm just going to start giving people ridiculous bios and see if they read it. Yeah. Do it. I dare you. Uh, international, <laughs> international worm farmer. And they're like, why, why is this guy going to talk about e-commerce? <laughs> well, you can sell worms. Everything's a business. So I met a guy that sold uh, sold insects on the internet. It was it was wild. And he was very interesting. I should probably try to look him up and see if he wants to be on the podcast, to be honest. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, well, you don't sell worms. What do you sell? So what I sell are premium textured hair extensions for black women. Okay. It sort of sounds like a, you know, like what, what the heck is that? I don't understand what that means. So when you see black women in popular culture, so we're talking about Oprah or Beyonce or even Serena Williams, um, a lot of black women tend to wear protective styles. So those are wig, those are wigs, those are braids, those are weaves. And only because one, our hair can be, um, you know, can be hard to manage. So if, even if you know any white women with curly hair or even people, period, with curly hair, you'll notice that they say, oh, man, my hair is so hard to manage. It takes me 23 hours to, you know, to get my curly hair to dry. Well, even more so as black women. Plus, our hair is not suited to the North American environment. So it tends to get very dry, especially up in the north because I'm in Toronto. Um, so, you know, when it gets cold, the, the it strips the moisture from our hair. So we tend to wear protective styles. Um, however, in the past, it tended the hair extensions that we would use looked had a more European look and feel. So when we switched up our hair, we would go to work at our nine to five and, you know, Chad and Karen would be asking us, you know, what are you doing with your hair? What are you top? What's happening with your hair this week? Whereas I created a product that looked like our hair. 
So it blended with our hair um, and it looked natural and it looks more authentic on us as opposed to, you know, like say Nicki Minaj, for example, who wears, you know, 32 inches of blonde weave down to her back. Some of us don't want to be <laughs> as, you know, don't want to stand out as much. Right. So yeah. we want to wear hair extensions that look like our hair. But when I went looking for it back in 2012, it was buried underneath these silkier textures. Uh, and so I thought to myself, and I was running another business at the time. So I thought to myself, why isn't anyone just selling kinky hair? You know what? I'm just going to take that idea and file it in the back of my head. Then, um, you know, I was trying because I was trying to solve my own problem. Um, you know, I was wearing the product that I found after all, you know, a couple of months of research. I found a product that finally suited my needs and I wore it to a, a meetup event. And another black woman pulled me aside and asked me who my hairdresser was and what my regimen was for, for making my hair look the way it did. And I was like, girl, this is a weave. And that's like, that was like when the light bulb went off. Cause she's like, well, I would buy that. And I thought, well, if I bought it and she would buy it, there's gotta be at least a dozen other women who would buy it too. That's amazing. So that's, that's the beginnings of Kinky Curly Aki. What was the business you were running before? I was a wedding decorator. Oh, another thing that I started to solve a problem. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm one of those people who see, I see gaps in the market and I'm like, well, is that a problem that I have and how can I solve that? And then I just go after it. I just got that hustler attitude that that's kind of how I ended up here as an entrepreneur. I just always like, well, you know what? I'm smart enough to do this. And then people started giving me money and I was like, well, this is fun. That's always fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this light bulb goes off at a meetup, which just a sidebar there. I can't wait for the world to get in a better place and like in-person meetups can come oh back. Oh my God. I miss them. Yeah, the networking capabilities at in-person meetups were just so much fun. We used to do eight a year in two different markets, and now we've been doing them virtual. And it, while they are impactful, they're just not the same. No, it's not the same. It really isn't. Since 2004, Avalara's vision has been to harness the power of cloud technology to help simplify sales tax for businesses of all sizes. Avalara solutions are designed to affordably scale with businesses as they grow over time. Tax compliance is not a revenue-generating activity. So, Avalara's technology is designed to help you manage compliance as efficiently and accurately as possible so you can reclaim your valuable time and reduce risk in your business. With more than 1,000 signed partner integrations, Avalara likely integrates with the ERP, e-commerce, mobile payment, and point-of-sale systems you use today. Find out how your business can be sales tax ready at avalara.com slash honest. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com slash H-O-N-E-S-T. Avalara. Tax compliance done right. All right. So you this the light bulb goes off. What are the next steps? You know, and this might be, you know, there might be someone listening now where this is this is the exact step that they're at. They just they had the light bulb go off recently. And, you know, where did you go with it? You know, um, at first I sat on it because I thought I was already running a business and I thought, man, I, I and plus because I was the customer as well, I knew the demographic very well. I knew the pain points that needed to be solved. I knew what the problem was. But I also saw that this could be a very um, I don't want to say um it's a very passionate group of, of people <laughs> who want to wear hair extensions. Like they're really passionate about it. And I had to really think about it. Do I really want to deal with, you know, people who are really passionate about their hair? And I thought, you know what? I already dealt with brides and, you know, brides can be some of the, you know, most agreeable people, right? <laughs> right, right, right. So I thought, well, you know what? 
if I had success with these brides, I'm going to have success with black women who are really into their hair. So it took me a minute, but then one day I just woke up and just got started. I, you know, I bought the domain name. I secured all the social media handles. I just got started and I literally started like, you, I don't know, you guys can't see me, but in my office and I'm pointing to it right now, there's this Rubbermaid bin and it's got drawers on it. And that's how I started my business. I started by just buying, uh, I believe it was just three lengths. Like, so the hair comes in different lengths. So I had three different textures and three different lengths. And I literally bought one of each, took pictures of those, posted them up on the website and said, I have these available. Here's the price, you know, order from me, please. Because I already knew, I already knew there were people who were ready to buy. It was just a matter of presenting that in a manner that was different from all the other hair extension brands that were out there. And at the time, there were no companies who were just selling kinky textures. Was this uh, was this website? Uh, was it a Shopify site? What did you build out? What was the first iteration of your online store? No, the first version was Big Cartel. <laughs> I mean, that's an easy way to get started, especially if you're just looking to test the market, test the concept. There are really easy solutions that are almost as turnkey as you know as Shopify presents itself as these days. Right. Uh, there's no wrong way to get started. The right way is to just get started. That's absolutely it. And there's, you just need to start and make sure that you are talking about the benefits of the product and, you know, how it solves the problem for the, your target consumer. But if you're just going out there all guns to blaze with a product that nobody asked for, you're going to, you're going to have a problem with that. But if you just start and just start where you are with what you have, oh man. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the, the hard part's just going zero to one is just getting it getting it done and getting out of your own way. You're mm-hmm. you literally are the reason your business isn't as big as it could be. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. You got a domain, you got this big cartel site, you've got some products, and you've got a good idea that this is a product that people want. Um, just from some kind of, you know, impromptu user research as you know, how'd you get those first couple sales? Uh, well, because I was part of the target demographic, because I was trying to solve my own problem, I was already in the Facebook groups and on and on hair forums trying to solve my own problem and looking for solutions. And so then I already saw that there was an audience. Right. And, and so being Vivian. So I, I mean, I'm Vivian means lively one. So wherever I go, I just light shit up. Wait, can I swear? <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. Kurt Elster cussed in the first episode. So we're just going to keep it going. <laughs> so everywhere I go, I just light shit up. Right. So um, when I launched the business, you know, what's so funny. People didn't know it was me. And so it launched. It was doing really well because at the time there were no companies just selling kinky textures. And also at the time, there weren't really influencers. There were vloggers or bloggers that you could send products to. So I saw girls that were in the forum that were wearing the hair and I sent it to them and said, can you tell me what you think? And then they turned around and created what we now know as content. They created content with it. And um, and it was interesting because because I didn't tell anyone it was me, the, you know, the 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 product it was selling, everything was going well. But what happened was I got outed. So in these Facebook groups, someone created a fake profile and they went to the at the time. I don't know why I didn't pay for the who is on my domain name. OK, so all my information was there. And so then they took they created a fake profile and outed me to these hair groups and saying, you know who this company belongs to? It's it's belongs to Vivian. And, you know, she was in here spying and she was in here. Da, da, da. And what they meant for evil, what they meant to, you know, to sort of damage my business actually 
pushed it forward because as soon as they found out it was my business, they were like, you mean Vivian, who's been contributing to these forums and, you know, making us laugh and doing all these things. Well, now we're going to support her because now we know who's behind the business. Awesome. Yeah. I feel like once you... Anyone that's operating a business as a facade, it's almost like you're doing yourself a disservice. Like People want to do business with other people. Exactly. Um, that's... That's the biggest risk Amazon has is that it's almost conceived as robotic. So like that you can, you know, if there's a risk to a different business and you can do it, do it better, i.e. being more personable and being an actual human being, you're going to succeed in, in a competitive space. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So you're, you're moving right along. You're finding initial success in these forums and in these Facebook groups, which is still an amazing way to find your first group yep. of customers. I have yep. talked to merchants that that's how they got off the ground this day in 2020, the year of the pandemic. You can still find customers in these Facebook groups. Like this isn't an old tactic. Oh, even more so because everybody's online now. Oh, yeah. Everybody. And and then the, the, it's the Facebook groups are built around subcultures, which just give themselves to niches. It's just a, a great way to just get some initial user research out of your products. Yeah, same with Reddit. Reddit's awesome for that too. Yes, but don't try to sell anything on Reddit. They no, will. No, <laughs> they will crucify you. They will crucify you. <laughs> yeah, it's but it's a, a good way to do research to yeah. see, you know, to find groups of people who would be passionate and ready to spend money on your product. Yeah, Reddit. They do like to complain, so it's a great way to find problems that you mm -hmm. maybe you can help solve with your product. Exactly. What do all e-commerce stores have in common? That's right, customers. And those customers are going to have questions. Gorgeous is the leading e-commerce help desk with over 5,500 customers on Shopify, Magento, and BigCommerce. Their software is built with machine learning to optimize your support system and allow your team to save time and money on repetitive inquiries while still remaining personalized. What it does is take all of your customers' insights and information, brings it into their amazing dashboard so you can solve your customers' problem as quickly as possible. If you want to give Gorgeous a try, visit gorgeous.grsm.io slash honest to get your second month free. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot G-R-S-M dot I-O slash H-O-N-E-S-T. So let's scoot forward a little bit in time. Well, you know, where would you say was your first kind of, you know, big success or, or like what was an event event in kind of the startup phase of the business where you're like, wow, this is really, this is really catching on. This is really fun. This is, you know, I can't wait to grow this. Well, even in the first year. In the first year, I just I did just under half a million, like just four, just shy, like four hundred and sixty-five thousand dollars in sales. And so when I saw that, I was like, "Wow! Like this is me doing it half-ass, <laughs> right?" So were you still were you still wedding planning at that time? I was still I was still doing wedding decor because I was like, "Yeah, okay." Like there's only, you know, I was just waiting for the bottom to fall because, like, you know, people buying hair online, and we're not. It's not really um, at the time. It wasn't really a thing. People usually go into beauty supply stores to buy their hair extensions. Mm -hmm. So at the time, you know, 2013 you're not used to buying hair online like that. But here I had, you know, $400,000 in sales and people were, I was like, okay, all right, well, this could really be a thing. But then I got interrupted because I got pregnant. <laughs> I got pregnant in 2013 um, and then had my son in 2014. So I had to take a little bit of break, but the business was still going. And then, of course, once the baby came into play, I had my wedding business. I have this e-commerce business. I had to make a decision. 
because I thought, well, with, you know, weddings, I have to go out. And if people don't show up, then I have to go show up at two o'clock in the morning with my breasts full of milk and, <laughs> and all that. And I thought, well, there's this business that's actually doing really well and I'm half-assing it. So what would happen if I put my full ass into it? I could do this at two o'clock in the morning. I could do this while breastfeeding. I could really, really do a really good job at this. So then I shut down the wedding business and then went full time with uh, Kinky Curly Yaki in 2015. And then a year after that, I hit my first million. I think that uh, that's the way that I think is the safe play for most merchants is there. It usually starts off as a side hustle and they don't know when uh, they should really go into it. And I would say if it's a side hustle and you're impressed by the numbers that you're doing, they will easily double if it's your main focus. Absolutely. Maybe even more. Absolutely. All right. So you, you hit that first million. You're cruising along. This is 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. All right. You hit the first million. What we talked about when I introduced you is how did you scale to a million without without paid ads and without email? What it was all organic. So it was all the all the work that I'd done in these groups, like in these Facebook groups and in the forums. Uh, and again, I was taking advantage of at the time vloggers. People like so people with black women were just jumping onto YouTube and doing tutorials on how to take care of your hair, how to wear protective styles. Um, And I took advantage of that. Uh, I've always been one of those people. At least I used to be because I can't I can't deal with the TikToks and all that that right now. But at the time, I was always ready for that new, you know, that new thing that everyone was doing. So the new thing was you know, what's now known as influencer marketing. So I grew the business organically by um, sending girls hair and just having them. And I didn't even control them. It was just like, here's some hair girl, create some content. And that's what they would do. Yeah. Um, it was a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. I think that's the, the that's the best way to get started is just to send some sample product and be like, do you, if you enjoy it, you know, the content will be more than enough for what I need from you. Exactly. Nobody likes insurance, but everybody should have it. Mistakes do happen. Our partner Rewind can protect your Shopify store with automated backups of your most important data. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Trusted by over 70,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest online retailers like Gymshark, Gatorade, and Movement Watches. Best of all, respond to any of their welcome emails and mention Honest E-Commerce to get your first month absolutely free. If I didn't tell you to look into TikTok more, I'd be doing you a disservice. It is exploding. And I know some merchants that are finding great success there. Uh, and then obviously, uh, this is probably a, a good time to ask a question now is, as the business grows and the sales grow, uh, you know, now obviously you sur- you surpassed a million in sales. Uh, you you've got a team under you now. Like, when did things start becoming other people's responsibilities? When did that trust? You know, it w- probably wasn't even trust. It's just more of a necessity. Is like, when did you start to grow the team? Uh, you know, what was the first hire? How how did that look? Well, it was actually a bit of both. So it was trust and necessity. Um, so this happened. I hired my first employee actually in June of 2016, and it was because I was, you know, once you start, once I was in the business full time, and I saw what activities were actually giving me a return on investment, which was marketing. 
right? So getting these girls the hair and getting them to create content and, and you know, at the time, the uh, the algorithm wasn't so crazy on, on Instagram, right? So yeah. everyone would see your post. And so then I, I focused on that. And so in June of 2016, I hired my first employee and what I had her doing was fulfillment because that was the one thing that took a lot of my, um, that took a lot of time to do. So I hired her and all she did was fulfill the orders. And then my second hire, which was about, I want to say three months later was customer service. So someone where all they did was answer emails. And so once I hired those two people, of course, every, when I was able to focus on more money-making activities, that's in December. I actually, you know what? I'd hit it a few months earlier. So um, I hadn't even realized I hit a million dollars until December. Um, I was a part of uh, e-commerce fuel and they had these flares that you could put beside your, beside your username. And I was like, well, I don't, you know, I, I, let me go check to see how much I make. And this time I'd already flipped over to Shopify, flipped over to Shopify in 2015. And I was like, let me go, you know, I ran my reports, which, you know, you couldn't, I couldn't have done in Big Cartel, which is why I moved over to Shopify. I ran the reports and it said I was like at a million and uh, 1.1 million, something like that. And I was like, Mm -hmm. whoa. (laughs) <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> yeah, that two comma club is is probably that's the like that's the and as an entrepreneur hitting that hitting that is usually like you know you want to give yourself a pat on the back and then you're just like well there's well what's the next step from here? Well, the funny thing is I didn't because I didn't start the business to make money. I just started to solve my own problem, and then yeah. it just happened to make some money. So I wasn't really too focused on the money. I knew it was making money. <laughs> right. I knew I could, yeah. you know, I took some money. I bought a house. I, um, like re- renovated my basement so I could run the business out of my basement. So I knew, I knew it was doing well, but I didn't know how well. <laughs> well, it's, it's definitely doing well now. So let's fast forward a bit. And, uh, now you're running the business. Uh, it's been seven years. Yeah. It's eight years, December. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what's the business look like these days? You know, what are those uh, profitable, time-consuming activities that you're doing as an owner to push the business forward? You know, everyone always likes to ask, like, what's working now in marketing? You know, if if they need some ideas and stuff. Obviously, Black Friday, Cyber Monday is next week. This won't come out until probably January, though. Uh, but you know, people would probably be curious of what type of sales you might have been running then. Um, you know, anything you want to share about what what's happening now? What's happening now, Chase, if I have to be absolutely not honest, it's a hot mess. Oh, yeah? It is a hot mess. You know, well... Hey, this is honest e-commerce, and I love it when people are honest. This is it, because I'm not here to tell you, oh, yeah, everything's, you know, hunky-dory. No, the pandemic um, hurt my supply chain, because what I'm selling is human hair extensions. Like, it's human hair. So because this is a global pandemic, like, we got hit with it last November, except last November, we didn't know what it was. Right. Yeah, there was just there were just issues in the supply chain. Exactly. Um, and then lo and behold, you know, February, then we found out, you know, what was really happening. And then by the time it hit us here, we'd shut everything down. So I want to say that 2020, um, especially for Kinky Kurliaki, was really the year of just keeping it afloat. And it also gave me the time because, you know, with growing a business and scaling a business, you're just running after. Sometimes when things go well, you're running after it. So you don't really have time to plan. You don't have time to strategize. You're just reacting. Mm -hmm. And so then I've taken 2020 to sort of take a step back and be like, okay, so what's not been working in this business? What SKUs can I eliminate? How can I simplify this? How can I bring this back to 2012? Because what I started to find is once I started to grow, to push towards 2 million, it started to become something that I didn't enjoy. 
because then it became, um, well, what happened was a lot of competitors started to enter the space because I was the pioneer. I created the niche. So a lot of competitors, which were really the manufacturers of the product over in China, started doing direct to consumer too. So they were doing things faster and cheaper and, um, you know, innovating faster than I could. But what they didn't have was my brand story. Yeah. I am the customer. I get high on my own supply. They <laughs> can't beat me. I can tell you, okay, the hair, even though, you know, you can compare my product to something you found on AliExpress or even Amazon, but I know how the hair is supposed to act because I am the hair. I, that, that, that stuff grows out of my head. I know how it's supposed to act. They can't, they have to rely on customer feedback in order to get, and in order to grow or, or any, even t- in order to innovate. Right. Absolutely. And so then this sort of gave me the opportunity to, and especially with, you know, the other pandemic, which is Black Lives Matter. Right. So now it gave me a chance to really focus on the brand story and tell people why I started the business. Yeah, you can go and buy the same product on Amazon for twenty five dollars, but you're actually supporting a real black owned business. Mm -hmm. Right. So I so that's honestly, that's what I've taken twenty twenty. That's what I've taken the time in twenty twenty to do. Twenty twenty one. I want to hit the ground running. I'm introducing some new products. Um, I'm going to get on the TikToks. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to, and you know what, if I, and I need to bring in younger people to do it because I'm, I'm about to turn 43 and honestly, I'm looking at TikTok and I'm like, oh my goodness, like I cannot keep up. Right. It's, it's the same strategy as the vlogging as yep. the Instagram. It's yep. just, a, it's recycled. And you know what? Yeah. I think at this point it, it probably should be someone else's job because you, you need to focus on, you know, it. I forget where I heard this, but there's the, there's that thousand dollar an hour activity. And then there's yep. everything else less than it. And as a, as an owner, as a founder, as a CEO, however you like to title yourself, um, you should be focused on that thousand dollar an hour activity yep. and everything else you should systemize and productize and get off your plate. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Well, also this year, well, I guess this has been happening uh, throughout throughout the growth of the brand, but you've been moving more into education and helping other brand owners. Would you like to share some more about that? Yeah. Well, you know, when the pandemic hit, um, of course, because our supply chain got hit, uh, I wanted to feel productive. You know, I wanted to feel like I'm, you know, I could make a difference in people's lives outside of, you know, making black women feel good about, you know, showing up as they are in the world. And I was like, well, how can I help people? I love to teach. Um, And I thought, look, there's all these companies now, all these brick and mortars who need to get online really quickly. So who best to help them but someone who's actually done it? who's built a business from zero and knows, you know, not only, you know, e-commerce, but just knows entrepreneurship, period. And I I love to do it. I'm passionate about it. So that's what I started doing. I started teaching people how to uh, bring their their businesses online. Uh, You know, one woman I can think of in particular, she had opened up a, a kid's play space. Well, we're not doing that anymore. So what do we do? We helped her. I helped her pivot online. So now she's selling, um, you know, products for kids that spark joy or even the nail salon that no longer can do like, you know, they can do it now. But at the time they couldn't do nails. So I helped them get online and start selling Manny and Petty kits. That's what I spent the bulk of 2020 doing is helping, you know, I can't control supply chain, but I can control my reaction. And I chose to instead of wallowing i chose to help people chose to be productive and that's yeah. that's the best way and i you know you know the world's in a crazy place and i i feel being productive and being busy is a great way to kind of uh when you're focusing all that stuff isn't creeping into your mind as much 
Yeah, that too. <laughs> Som- sometimes it's a welcome distraction. I- I've read yeah. more books this year than I think I've read in my life. So it- it's been a- it's been a good year for education, self education. So are you st- are you still doing that? Where do people go if they if they're interested in kind of learning more about maybe you helping them out with with getting online and on that all that whole entrepreneurship stuff? Yeah, the, you can go to learnwithviv.com. Uh, so I just ended cohort two of Shopify Prep School. So that's something that's it's a series of live workshops where I walk with you and set up uh, the essentials to getting your Shopify up and running. Uh, and so, of course, if you want to learn from someone who's actually done it, you know, not and I'm not interested in, you know, dealing with drop shipping. No, I'm looking for people who are selling tangible products that they're they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you can go to learn with Viv. But yeah, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm currently doing. Awesome. Well, was there anything that I forgot to ask you about today that you want to share with the audience before we go? You know, um, I, I just want I just want to remind people, especially if you're just starting out, to just start small, right? Don't be afraid to start small. Start where you are. Start with what you have. You don't need to go big or go home or you know any of that. You just need to start, and you just need to start with one product. You don't need a whole suite of products. You don't need you know to spend millions of dollars. You're not starting a bank. You're starting an e-commerce biz, right? So start small. Start with that one product. Make sure you're solving a problem because the last thing we need are more e-commerce businesses. You know, selling things that nobody needs. Make sure people need it. Make sure you're solving a problem. Yeah, I, I always refer to uh, it as kind of, sometimes when people are starting internet bodegas, it's like we don't need <laughs> that. You know what I mean? I need I need a bodega for the convenience factor. I'm not going to order this weird thing from you when I can go get it down the street. Right, right, right. So start small. Just just start, <laughs> right, and do it your way. Don't be afraid to be yourself because one of the things that I found out you know, in my business is that, like you said, people don't buy products, they buy people. So even if you're selling the same thing as, you know, something you saw on Amazon, no one can sell it the way you can. No one can have, no one has the same experiences. No one can put the same spin on it. So don't be afraid to put your full ass into it. Yeah. I, here's the thing. If there's competition already, then you know there's a market. So you know there's people that will buy your product. So right. focus on that. Find the gap. <laughs> awesome. Vivian, thank you so much for coming on the show today. You are absolutely welcome. Thanks for having me. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their journey and knowledge with us today. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our businesses. Links and more information will be available in the show notes as well. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, feel free to reach out and learn more at electriceye.io slash connect. Also, make sure you subscribe and leave an amazing review. Thank you.